Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, Must Have Seen TV listeners. Before we get into today's super fun episode talking about a show that you've never seen before, but you're going to hear a lot of it, so it's going to basically be like watching it uh, with director's commentary from people who aren't the directors at the same time as watching it. It's a whole thing. (laughs) It's going to be fun. Uh, I just wanted to do a couple bits of business at the top of the show before we get into it. Uh, First of all, apologies for all of the delays recently in episodes. There have been just a lot of scheduling snafus on my burdened shoulders, but we are chugging along, and by we, I mean me. Uh, But yeah, there are four episodes in the can right now, so we've got a nice backlog. Some fun stuff is coming up. Uh, more sitcoms you've never heard of, and some that you have definitely heard of. I'm talking about The Simpsons. The Simpsons is coming. Second, kind of on this tip, uh, if you want me to watch a show, please go to iTunes, leave a review for the show, write a review for Must Have Seen TV and iTunes, and in that review, let me know what show, specifically an episode, if you want to get that specific, that you'd like for me to watch. Only stipulations being it has to be an episode that was aired before, you know, January 31st, 1999, and including January 31st, 1999, Uh, and also an episode that I haven't done already, preferably like a show that I haven't done recently, but I can really, I can handle the scheduling, you don't have to get into that, and maybe the most important thing, a show that I can actually stream or purchase somewhere, but if there's a TV show that you've been dying for me to do, or a specific episode of a show I've already done that you would love for me to do, write a review in iTunes for the show and let me know in there. And third of all, before we get to the show today, I wanted to just uh, do a little bit of memorial tribute to Harry Anderson, who recently passed away. Um, If you want more of me talking about him and specifically Night Court, you can go back to episode 22 of the podcast uh, where Pat Bear and I talked about the Night Court pilot and specifically kind of how awesome of a leading man Harry Anderson was on that show. Uh, I've actually just started watching Night Court on like the day before he died, so <laughs> feels like crappy timing, but it was really sad. Uh, he's really great on Cheers. I suggest everyone go and watch all of his Harry the Hat appearances um specifically if you want to watch the boys in the bar uh season one you can watch that he's in that episode and you can go to decider.com and search for harry anderson i wrote a thing about his role as harry the hat that is up on decider uh but yeah go back and listen to the night court episode if you missed it episode 22 with pat bear and now let's get to mary
your tickets. It's time for Must Have Seen TV, the podcast dedicated to the sitcoms of the 20th century from I Love Lucy to News Radio. I'm your TV guide, Brett White, and I'm also a reporter producer for Decider.com. And this week I am joined once again by Elena Chimileski. Hello, Elena. Hi, Brett. Hi. Thanks for having me back. Welcome back. Uh, you're doing some thematic episodes. You did Rhoda last time. Yeah. And now we're doing Mary. Yeah. I only watch eponymous shows. (laughs) Lady shows with one, (laughs) two-syllable names. (laughs) Rhoda, Mary. Um, Yeah, so welcome back to the show. What's what's going on? I'm excited (laughs) to talk about this episode. Yeah, uh, let's jump in to where we're going today. This week, we are traveling to January 1st, 1986. I guess they aired this episode on New Year's Day, which seems very weird to me. But whatever. Uh, Rocky IV rolled the box office. Say You Say Me by Lionel Richie topped the charts. And CBS aired the Mary episode, Everyone's a Critic. Elena, you must have seen Everyone's a Critic before today. I can't say that I have. No, that's why um, I also, I've seen it before, but only because I watched a specific episode back in January when I discovered this show existed. So to everyone listening, we're not talking about the Mary Tyler Moore show, which you probably were clued in when I said 1986, because <laughs> Mary Tyler Moore is not an 80s show. Uh, in the 1980s, Mary Tyler Moore had a once half a season wonder, only lasted 13 episodes, um, that uh, you can watch on YouTube, that someone has taken their VHS tapes and uploaded it all to YouTube. I gotta so. say, based on this one episode, I want to see the rest. You see, yeah, like that's. <laughs> I was very intrigued. I mean, when I found out, uh, I basically like the reason that it sent my heart to flutter, like why it's like my show, is that the cast on this is a stacked cast. Um, I need to have the Wikipedia page open definitely because I'm gonna need help learning like what people's names are, for sure. But the the main selling point to me is that this stars Mary Tyler Moore and fucking John Astin, which are, I mean, that's like two of my all-time favorite comedic actors on a show together. Amazing. And I yeah, did not know that. It's crazy that you're just learning about yeah. it this year. I did not know about it until I think August is when I discovered it. And then January, I think, is when I finally watched, like, the pilot episode and then this episode because it's a John Aston-centric one. Uh, but the, the show also stars, and this is what's also crazy, is it stars Katie Seagal. Peggy Bundy. Peg Bundy. Also, Leela from Futurama. Oh, yeah? Yeah, like, she is... Okay, who does she play? She isn't in this Joe. episode. She plays Joe Tucker, who is... I'm trying to find out, like, what her character is. She's the... Uh, she's the cynical, chain-smoking columnist Joe Tucker. Maybe she has, like, a advice column. We didn't get that deep in this episode. Yeah. But uh, I will say, the first scene opens with her kicking a vending machine. Yeah. And before I knew who the actress was or recognized her, I already drew hearts <laughs> in my notes. I just, I love this character she's already. She's smoking a cigarette, kicking a vending machine. Why? There's got, she's got to be at the forefront of other episodes, so I need to find those, definitely. Yeah, I would love to see uh, those. Also on the show is uh, Carleen Watkins, who plays the, uh, Mary's neighbor Susan, and she is notable because she was uh, Bob Newhart's wife on his 1990 sitcom Bob, which is after this. And her uh, fiancé is played as James Tolkien, who is the principal from Back to the Future. 
Wow. He's like, I was, he's the guy, I always picture him when Marty in Back to the Future 2 goes back to dark 1985 and he's the one who like kicks open the door and he's wearing like his pajamas with like a bulletproof vest and holding a shotgun. Yeah. It's like, that's him. He's him. That's him. <laughs> he's also in Mary. Yeah. So it's like this, the cast is nuts. The fact that there was a show with Peg Bundy, Mary Richards, and Gomez Adams is nuts. But if uh, if Mary had not been canceled, uh, Mary with Children would have looked a lot different. And again, a different See? multiverse. Mary Tyler Moore and John Aston were not doing much after this, so they could have afforded to have stayed on for a while. <laughs> Did, was the bo- is the boss a well known actor? Um, the I boss. Who him. is he? The boss's name is he is James Ferentino. Um, he is he appeared in nearly a hundred television, film, and stage roles. Among them, the Final Countdown, Jesus of Nazareth, and Dynasty. Oh. Uh. He was nominated for an Emmy Award for Outstanding Performance by a supporting actor in a drama special for his portrayal of Simon Peter in the miniseries Jesus of Nazareth. Hmm. Um, oh, and he was the father of Dr. Doug Ross on ER. So, yeah, I could see that. He could be George Clooney's dad. I see it. I could see that. So, yeah, th- get ready for us to talk about a show that you have never seen, <laughs> that neither of us had ever, that you'd never seen. Definitely not. That I did not even know existed until August of last year. And I've still not even seen all of the episodes, but you know what? We know enough to talk about this one, because you know what? Everyone's a critic. Everyone's a critic. <laughs> so this week on Must Have Seen TV, we're talking about the Mary episode, Everyone's a Critic. It's the fourth episode of season one, and was written by Tom Straw, and directed by Will McKenzie. Here's how Wikipedia describes the episode. Mary's vague comments about a play she was supposed to attend, but didn't appear in Ed LaSalle's theater column review. Elena, how accurate is that description? On a scale of one to ten, where <laughs> ten is spot on, nine is close to accurate, but not quite fully honest, I would give that a six. <laughs> Which is... Which is... Yes, that happened in the episode, but absolutely not what the synopsis of the episode is. And honestly, like, that's probably a synopsis that just someone, it's Wikipedia, like, someone wrote. I don't think, I mean, maybe someone scoured, like, TV guides from there, like, pulled out the official synopsis, but I'm feeling, no, some Mary Superfan did that. Truly, that's the last four minutes of the episode. Yeah. And that's it. Uh, so, like, in order to get the whole picture, because on YouTube, this episode doesn't have the opening credits, so I was like, well, I want us to see the opening credits, because we always talk about the theme song on the show. Mm -hmm. So I played the opening of the pilot, and then the opening credits. So we can talk about the pilot opening, because that sets up the scene. Uh, the pilot opens up on Women's Digest in Chicago, which is where the show is set, uh, and it is folded, like, immediately. Immediately. She's (laughs) like, hey, Paula, who's her boss, how's it going? Oh, your job ended right now. Yeah, it's the, done. The current issue on the newsstands was our last issue. <laughs> it's just like such a turnover. Yeah. And they're like, there's another magazine. What did they say? Moving like Moving in this week. What was the name of it? It was like... Mercenaries Weekly? Yeah. <laughs> Something about mercenaries. Uh, it just, like, they're moving in like right now. That was a good joke. And Mary's all like, well, you know, we've worked with these people for so long. And they'll band together. And she opens the door and everyone is like literally like ransacking Peacing out. My company is closing down our New York office at the end of April. And it was a similar thing where definitely upper management thought everybody was going to be sad. And because it's moving to... San Francisco. Oh. And they were like, everybody's going to come. 
we're ready for this. And it was kind of like, you open the door and everybody's like, oh, okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> you guys go. We're going to stay here and get other jobs. No loyalty. <laughs> yeah. Bye. Bye. <clears throat> um, so it was worth it because then we got to see the opening credits, which was Mary on a job hunt mm-hmm. going throughout Chicago. It was very much that classic old MTM productions. Cause like in the seventies, Mary Tyler Moore show and Bob Newhart show and Rhoda, like it's all very much like, them walking through the city and like here it's establishing the locations that's what this is it was it reminded me a lot of perfect strangers yeah that too and i think that was in chicago too that's also in chicago yeah and it hit a lot of those like monument not this was more this was more newspaper specific yeah like there were definitely i lived in chicago for four or five years and i'd be like i know where that building is i know where that building is Uh it was very establishing this is chicago so I wonder if you could re-edit, like, the Bob Newhart opening credits, the Perfect Strangers opening credits, and the Mary opening credits, and, like, map out Chicago. Oh, for sure. You when people watch the Bob Newhart show's opening credits, it drive, like, who are from Chicago, it drives them crazy, because his route to get to work is, like, a two-hour route. Because <laughs> they just, they just chose what looked good, and it's like, he goes in the train of the, like, opposite direction from the building that they use and stuff. Um, but, like, the theme song for this was so, un- like, it was just... Blah. It was like dorky music. Right? It was just like it was like jazzy, sexy, nineteen eighty five. Like I can't. There was no melody to it. When you think of the Mary Tyler Moore theme song, it's just like iconic. It grabs you by the heart, and I don't. You know. You know what? You can't repeat that. So they yeah. they did not even try. You know. Speaking of repeating and not even trying, just don't call the show Mary. That's the other thing. If you're gonna have Mary Tyler Moore, who's in it, yeah. who already had a show called Mary Tyler Moore, where she played someone named Mary. Mary, Mary Richards. Just don't call this show Mary, they should, even they, if the character's gonna be named Mary Brenner. Yeah, call it could be it like, Chicago Eagle. Yeah. And it's, it is definitely weird. It's weird that this didn't catch on, because... It's like they're banking it all. I'm like, this is Mary Tyler Moore. You guys loved her for seven years and she's been gone. This is 1985 and I think Mary Tyler Moore ended in like 77. Oh, wow. So she had been off the air for a while. She did have a, um, a sketch variety show in the late 70s that tanked like 79 that had Michael Keaton and David Letterman in the cast. Wow. So... Everybody's connected. Yeah. Uh, so then we switched over. After watching the opening credits, we switched over to actually watch the actual episode, Everyone's a Critic, which opens up, as we said, with Ed approaching Joe. Ed, Ed is the theater critic. Ed LaSalle is a theater critic, played by John Aston, who listeners of this podcast know I <laughs> I love I love him uh, truly, madly, deeply. <laughs> uh, he is basically pumping Joe, Katie Sieg- Seagal, for information. On a play, and uh, the first very funny joke, full of jokes. This this episode yeah. was very funny. Yeah, well, like let's 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 take it up to the macro level for a sec. Macro, macro. This was good, it right? Was a, it was a good <laughs> episode. It was the jokes were good jokes. Yeah, some of the deliveries were so surprising to me, and I just don't know if I'm not familiar with. TV shows from around this era, yeah. or if they were just really good choices. Like, Mary's line deliveries sometimes caught me off guard how well done and funny yeah. they were. It's th- These are all, like, pros. I mean, well, you have John Aston and Mary Tyler Moore heading up the show as, like, they are pros of pros. Like, you have legendary sitcom performers who have been doing this at this point for 
25 years. Yeah, and what's her name? Katie? Katie, Katie Seagal. Seagal. I feel like this was probably one of her first things. And she crushed it. Like, just one her, scene. The killed it. Confidence of her character yeah. was very... There was, like, it was magnetic. Yeah. I was drawn to that character. I wanted to know more. We didn't she got it. the first joke, which Wait, was... what was it? It was something about how bad... Good morning, Joe Tucker. How'd you like to play last night? I am sure people have experienced worse nights of theater. Abe Lincoln springs to mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, she's, like, smoking, hitting the vending machine, and Ed is pumping her for information, which we find out is because he's... Um, basically started having an affair with an actor's wife and... The that... actor's working from 8 to 10 every night, so yeah. that's the only time he can see the wife. He can go bone this lady. and So, so he... he can't do his job, so he's been giving away the theater tickets <laughs> to his co-workers. Yeah, and then in the morning asking them what they thought and then turning that into yeah. his review. Interrogating uh, Which I, like... I've talked about this often. I love John Aston. I feel like John Aston is one of the greatest sitcom actors of all time because he is, like we said, everyone is so confident. He is so in that character, knows who that character is, and you see him go from... There's an arc in this episode. Like, it starts out, he's so even-keeled. Yeah. Very I would sweet. also love to talk about the arc of this episode. I don't know if now yeah. is the moment. But it plays into... Because there's no... A, B, C story structure. No, they kind of set it up like the A story is going to be Mary and Frank going yeah. on this fake date. But really, it just kind of snakes back into... It starts with the Ed yeah. not doing his job. You get distracted. That's going to be about their fake date and how much Mary hates that Frank's a womanizer. Yeah. And then it goes right... It like bleeds back it into all, the it's Ed It's also story. connected. It's very interesting structure. Again, for a show that... Kind of was like, dismissed. Yeah, it's kind of like instead of a... It's almost like instead of a three-scene herald, it's like a two-scene herald. Yeah. Because then both of those things resolve in the last scene. The womanizing and... Yeah. And the ticket scam with Ed all kind of come to a head. All and it's once. such a cool way to see... a sitcom structure it's more out. like a thing that we would end up seeing seinfeld do because mm -hmm. seinfeld would tie all their plots That's together true. at the end yeah. uh it's also kind of similar to news radio and how like the plots on that should just barrel into each other and like yeah. knock each other over like dominoes uh i gotta watch more news radio so I think good I like it. um oh yeah because right after ed uh, pumps joe for information she like sits back down and then like mary brenner her two friends susan and les come in that is uh, Bob Newhart's eventual wife on his third sitcom, Carling Watkins, and Back to the Future 2 principal, I can't remember what his name is. They come in because they've just gotten engaged. And they don't work there, which is very confusing. No, they don't work there. <laughs> They're her neighbors and they, they stop by her up. office. They show up because they just got engaged. And she has a ring now. And she has a ring and they know nothing about each other, which is their whole bit. And it was great. That was yeah. such a funny, tightly written scene. Yeah, because it's all like, oh, he says something about his child and... Yeah, because, oh no, I think it starts with he, Frank, the boss, yeah. comes in, the womanizer comes in and grilling him, like, make sure you're not making a mistake, don't, you can still back out. For my friend, other than my failed marriage, I was a confirmed bachelor myself. You were married? <laughs> I told you that. No. no, you didn't. I think I'd remember. He's like, oh, I just haven't told you that. It's not like I didn't tell you about my kid. He's like, oh, you had a, you had a kid with this woman? Oh, no, not with no. her. Ew, not with her. Yeah. It was and then, so well done. At the end, he's like, well, how old is the daughter? How old is she? Well, let's see, I'm 40. She'd be 25. <laughs> Mr. Matt, 
15. You grow up fast in the circus. <laughs> it's a very good... Honestly, I think comparing this to like an improv scene, like it, that was a very good improv scene. Like really, that's very much a good really button. Well done. Yeah. You would sweep at it right after that. <laughs> yeah. And then just... And that also, you think that's going to be more relevant in the structure. Like a C-plot or something. Because it's it, the second thing that happens, and it's just never referenced ever again. It does feel like it's, uh, this is a show where, well, you know, the neighbors are series regulars, and like Katie Seagal's characters are regular, so we have to come up with something for them to do, even though this is very much a Frank, Mary, Ed LaSalle episode. So they just yeah. like gave them like little things to do, and then moved on to the main thing. Yeah. But if it almost, that felt like, a sketch in yeah. the middle of a sitcom Totally episode. plucks right out. But it apparently is their whole thing, is these two characters' whole thing is this rushed marriage. Uh, spoiler alert, episode, after episode 10, CBS, like, shelved the show for, like, a month, and when it came back, they were cut. Interesting. They were not in the show anymore. You can see how they yeah, plucked right Yeah, if it's right a workplace out. comedy, yeah, a workplace, why yeah. do And you can see they, wa- they wanted it to be like, Mary Tyler Moore show had the newsroom and then also her home life. Mm-hmm. So, so a lot of these shows it. try to do that. Like Dick Van Dyke and Bob Newhart and all those shows had a home and a work. Like home, class, improvement. home Improvement had that. Hence and the name. Yeah. So good. And then they were like, eh, forget that. Let's just focus all on the work stuff. Huh. Um, so then right after that is when... We get that scene between Frank and Mary where they have, like, a talk about, like, love and treat, like, women and stuff and like that, he's right? he's like, you don't know about my past. You don't know what where I've been. I've been hurt, too. And they're just, they're both very cold with each other. Yeah. So, do you get a will-they-won't-they they vibe from them? Is that what you think they if, were trying to go for? It felt, yes, and it felt very forced. Yeah. Especially kind of the way the episode ended where he's like I'll need your help and then I don't know it was really good he said something about like oh I'm lying but it feels not as good and then she came back what are you doing tonight I'm busy you're lying true but I'm feeling a lot better about it than I usually do and then he got that smile like she'll be mine someday yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like they um they're trying to I guess fulfill the promise of because there was weird shit with uh, Mary and her boss Lou on Mary, Mary Tyler Moore show oh. Ed Asner, where like at the like the penultimate episode is them actually going on a date just because they're like I don't know why not and then it's like super awkward when it happens because it's like this is creepy you're a father figure you're also like oh. noticeably older than me like on the show it's awkward or yeah as like an audience member it's awkward well as an audience member it's awkward because you spent six seasons being like that's Mary and her boss Lou like she's kind a of father like, it'd be figure like Liz Lemon dating and, Jack and yeah like, that's weird um, so it feels like with Mary they were like you know what let's si- let's avoid that by actually making them like the same age like peers single and they have that like they're both like she's divorced they've been through it. Yeah, like she's they're not divorced. new to the game. Yeah. Divorce, no kids, loves the Cubs, even though she's never been to a game. Yeah. Which is funny because when I lived in Chicago, I lived in Wrigleyville for two years. For over a year I had to walk past Wrigley Field <laughs> to get to my apartment and I've still never been to a Cubs game. Oh uh, I've been to one Yankees game, so I've been here for eleven years. I don't know if I've been to the Yankees game. I've been to a couple of Mets games. Well it's a baseball game. They're all yeah, the same, they're right? All the they're same. all the same. <laughs> Baseball. I would imagine love it if, if people tweeted at me about that. Imagine if somebody told you all TV shows were the same. I've seen one. I've seen them all. <laughs> uh, 
was, your brain would explode. I mean, I would get mad if you were like, I've I've seen I've seen Mary Tyler Moore show because I've seen Mary. I'd be like, oh god. <laughs> I've seen one X Files episode, so I get it. I get what Buffy's like. And I'm like, no, thank you. Um, there's oh I'm. So, I'm trying to remember what set up this great line that it took me a while to get. So, Ed LaSalle's, the name of his column is Stepping Out with Ed LaSalle. Yeah. And he says, he gets it, Mary does something to make him mad. She, yeah, she, because she calls out, like, you're, you're a columnist. It just sounds like something Joe Tucker would write, that's all. Are you implying that I copied someone else's style? No, no. Oh, I'm just saying. Mary Brenner, you're coming very close to stepping out of line with Ed LaSalle. That was so funny. I took me a while. I was like, that's a, his name is Stepping Out. And the joke is Stepping Out of Line. Yeah. It's a so purposely bad joke. I think I was laughing. Joke. And you looked at me like, what was, <laughs> I was so like, funny? And then I got it. I was like, that's great. <laughs> so that was really great. But yeah. then, uh, I want to say it's one of my favorite moments of the episode comes up right after that when he's got tickets to this William Hurt play. Mary Brenner walks up, and one thing I love is John Aston always calls her Mary Brenner. I love that. I don't know if Mary it Brenner. was a, a writer's choice or an actor's choice, but I yeah. love because you know that guy. Yeah, you know that guy who. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna say it's an actor somebody. choice. I want to say it's an actor. It feels like an actor choice. I've said this so many times on the podcast, but I'm like, I, uh, I do this. I did this thing a couple like months ago where I just went through John Aston's IMDb page and I watched. All of the uh, sitcoms he guest starred on, he came in for one episode, Whoa. which he did that for like 15 years. He would come on, do un- do with like a Webster, a uh, Charles in Charge, an episode of Odd Couple. And he comes in and he, why I love him is he kills it every time, no matter what he's playing. And they make him play a wide variety of people. He's always so confident. He projects his voice. He has this very like theatrical yeah, flair to him. Theatrical. And he's... I just love how much of a good, like, I don't know, pinch hitter, mm-hmm. baseball, baseball, like he is. Um, so I feel like, yeah, he would be like, you know what, my guy would definitely always say Mary Brenner. So mm-hmm. Mary Brenner walks up and he's like, Mary Brenner. And she goes, Mary Brenner. Ed LaSalle. William Hurt. I don't understand. Now you're William Hurt? No, no, no. Ed LaSalle. Mary Brenner. William Hurt. Oh, come on, Ed. What is it? It was a very who's on first. Yes, I wrote down. Another baseball thing. Yes, I wrote down who's on first. And I was like, that's so... I was just like a fun little... I love fun little like wordplay moments like that. It was delightful. And seeing like two of my faves doing it. I just love that so much. Also, before I miss the moment, I just want to say how much I admire your dedication to your craft, that you do something as bonkers <laughs> as going to someone's IMDb page and watching every episode that they guest starred on. They, because they, you can stream. That's awesome. I wish I loved something as much as you love TV. Yeah. I, uh, that's a, it's a, it's an issue. <laughs> Brett said something beautiful earlier because I was admiring his collection in his office and he, I don't want to mess up the wording. He said, we all have to have something to escape into. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that is what, that's the name of the game. That's, that's the why name this of the thing game. exists. That's why I've been doing this for almost a year. It's beautiful. Um, at some point, Mary, Man, I'm having a hard time remembering a lot of the details of this episode. What's wrong with me? Uh, it's she calls... the format. It's not traditionally formatted. Yeah, like, it feels it, very natural. It flows into it. So, like, uh, she calls her boss Slime. Like, he comes over. Is he trying to get... He's trying to get the ticket from her, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because he just wants to see the play. He's, he, he loves just William Hurt. He genuinely wants, to, wants see to see the play. And she's like, uh, she calls him Slime. Oh, how can I put it? 
Frank, when it comes to women, I think you're slime. <laughs> it's hilarious. I was like, man, that's your boss. That's <laughs> like your. Yeah. But hey, she you know, she comes from Women's Digest. So she doesn't she's take like, shit from anybody. She's like a you know a legendary journalist at this point, probably. Probably. Um, so she can do that. Uh, and she is on the phone with her mom, and her and that ends kind of in a funny way, where it's basically like, No, mother, I didn't call everyone else I know first. Do you want to see the play or not? Okay, that's a good idea. Why don't I just call a guy? And he's there, and then it comes into like this accidental date that happens, where she's like, Well, if I give you a ticket, we'll be going on a date. And he's, and he's like, That doesn't mean you're on a date with a guy sitting on the other side of you. Why would it mean we're on a date? Yeah. Great good. point. Yeah, good point. Logic. And it worked on her, too. And then she's like, okay, here's a ticket. And then it's all like, well, let's go get a late dinner. Come by my place, pick me yeah. up. It, it snowballs immediately. It's a very fun snowball. You watch the snowball get bigger and bigger, which is yeah. fun, too. And it is very much like, at that point, it is even vague to the audience whether or not he wants to go on a date with her or if he's stringing along because she so adamantly doesn't want it to be a date and it's just like, a sport for him at this point. Yeah. That's an unhealthy boss employee relationship, yeah. right? <laughs> for sure. I can't imagine like doing anything like social with a boss like that. Or even like getting like backed up into the situation where you, where you have to ask your boss, is this a date? That's yeah. awkward as hell, right? Yeah. Also, I said this while we were watching it, but knowing where the facade of this building is in Chicago... It's, there's no way that the theater's more than five yeah. to seven blocks from their office, and the play, she's picking him up at seven. Yeah. So why would they even go home? Yeah, like, so, like, the next scene we see is her going to his apartment at 6.45, she's there she's early, early, and he's in, in a, a bathrobe. And it's dark outside. And so which, like, I tried, like, so what, what is January? You know, it's January Chicago, so, like, I guess it would be dark by 6.45. That's true. Yeah. Uh, but the like, so like the map this out. So what time would a play start? But is it really January first? Why are they at work on New Year's Day? Oh, it wouldn't be January first. So it's, it's probably like January nineteen eighty six okay. or December eighty six. And I guess it's a newspaper, there. so they'd still have to work. Uh, yeah, they definitely. Yeah. Um, so like, what is the day? Like, what time does a play start? Eight, seven, seven. Yeah, eight, seven, right? So both of them are also dressed for a play at work because he is wearing a suit and she's wearing did she change clothes she changed clothes because we noted that act that, that it was like an easter outfit yeah she was wearing like pastel tights and mm-hmm. like pa- we like the same jacket the same like shade of pumps like it's, the it's all that yeah. was the thing in the 80s i remember seeing yeah. that in magazines all the time and then this like big shoulder pad like it was very floral? 80s. Yeah, it, it looked like a card. It looked like deck furniture, mm-hmm. like that kind of thing. And then like a like a brooch or something like the. I blocked that out. Yeah, we're like the, <laughs> you know, we're, we're like a man, but we're like we're even wear a tie, like a bolero. Yeah, it's bol- it like a bolero without the string. <laughs> it might have been a bolero, honestly. Like who knows? So, and he I said like they would just. Also, at a news place, they're working till seven. I yeah. would a hundred percent say for sure. And. He said, if I take the train, it would take me an hour and a half to get there. But then the view out his window is basically of Lake Michigan from a high rise. Yeah. So you still live downtown where the theaters are. And also, if it take him an hour and a half, so it doesn't mean it takes him an hour and a half to get to work? So then did he leave work at 5, get home at 6.30 to then put on a, a robe <laughs> in between, like, putting on, I guess, another suit? There's a lot of logic holes in this commute. Yeah. So I feel like they would be working until 7 and they just walk over to the theater next door. Absolutely. That's what I would do. Absolutely. Anyway, but while she's there, 
we do get an amazing comedy. I really like this scene where the phone rings. Yeah. And and she's like, he's like answering. She's like, I don't want to answer your phone. Alec, Mary is like constantly like trying to set these boundaries. Mm-hmm. Not working. Never works. So he tells her to answer the phone. And then when she does, he's like, who is it? And it's like Samantha. And then. Also, I like that she answered it to Marco Residence. Yeah. It's very like secretarial. <laughs> she's very clear. Like I work with him and I'm here. Like I'm not like she's very clear. And then when he finds out that it's a Samantha person, he's like, hang up on her. <laughs> I love that she won't do it. And mm-hmm. she just instead starts being like a therapist yeah, towards us. If I were you, I'd get out more, you know? <laughs> Meet new people, expand your... Hello? So the slime line, I wrote delivery and put a giant check mark next oh. to it. Because the slime line was one of those really funny... Good. Uh, like, delivery lines. So that's from a few <laughs> minutes ago, but I just saw my note. Yeah, we gotta talk about that slime line. You gotta make sure it gets all of the Also, accolades. paper tickets, exclamation point. <laughs> they are passing around paper tickets in yeah, the 80s. Yeah, this is very 1985. Because he had to have the actual... Like, when you were given tickets, you were yeah. given a piece actual of piece paper. Of Although, nowadays, they still make you print out. I still have to print out tickets constantly. Like, That's I just saw... For a theater, you would. I saw uh, Mark Hamill and Frank Oz talk at the 92Y, and I had to print out a ticket for that. That's true. So then there's a knock at the there's a knock at the door and it's another woman. Yeah. Because it's Thursday and that's their date night. Yeah. Best two dates. Probably best joke of the show. Was the and he's like, we're supposed to meet Thursday. It is Thursday. Hi, Debbie. Ready to go? Uh, Frank, who's this? Uh, Debbie, what are you doing here? We're supposed to see each other Thursday. It is Thursday. Frank, you put out a daily newspaper. How could you not know what day it is? Oh. <laughs> and so the then it gets like this awkward thing of Mary just ends up handing the ticket over to him so he can take her and she just like is like fuck all this. Yeah. And he has a good character move in there too where he's like fine let's go to the theater together and they could drop me off at her place on the <laughs> yeah, way so 11. I'll hang out with her at 11. And she's like no. <laughs> no fuck this. That's, that's gross. Um, so she, she leaves and then she leans back in for her kiss off line of and Frank if you can't get a cab take a flying leap. <laughs> And, so, it, and the, the way the show presented it was, it was like this really scathing, yeah, like <laughs> venomous thing to say to yeah. someone. I mean, it's like take a flying leap off a building. I think is the yeah. is the rest of that phrase. But it's also still like that isn't that bad. So it's like, why don't you go step on it? Yeah, sit on it, doofus. <laughs> like, take a flying leap. I mean, she gets she calls her boss slime and tells him to take a flying leap. So she's testy. Mary Brenner. She's Hesse, but he's also the he's... kind of person who invites that. Yes, because he's being a grosso. And he, and I think he, again, I think he likes the sport of it. He likes having someone, like, match and blow for blow. Which, yeah. again, feeds into that will they, won't they, because uh-huh. they're they're matched. Yeah. Like, I don't he's know if you ever watched Hercules and Xena back in the day, <laughs> but when they finally cross paths... They had this fight that they implied went on for hours, maybe days. Oh, because really? Because they were so matched that not one or the other ever won it. That's good. I haven't watched a lot of TV, but I was a big Xena fan. <laughs> was Hercules on her episode? Or was yeah, like, it I was an episode you, of each? I, I forget whose episode it was, but the other one came on to it. It's pretty good. And they had this, this like, with swords fight, and neither of them won. You know as what? far as I remember. And in the long run, Lucy Lawless has one. 
That's true. For sure. For sure. <laughs> she was on Parks and Rec. So the next scene we see is maybe my favorite scene of the episode, uh, I think, because it is... Mary comes into work the next day, and Ed is, like, waiting. He's at the elevator bank. Mm-hmm. And he's, like, as soon as he, he sees her get off, he, like, leaps. And he's like, hey, so, how'd you like to play? And then we get a good, like, I don't know, two-minute scene. It was very long. Of two people who have not seen a play acting like they have seen a play and talking to each other about the play neither of them have seen. Yeah. What bothered you about the play? <laughs> Nothing. Oh, come. The piece hasn't been written that's without a flaw. Well, what didn't work for you? For me? <laughs> well, uh... <sighs> like, uh, most dramatic vehicles about, uh, nuclear holocaust, the, uh, ending... <laughs> seemed a bit unresolved. Right, right. Uh, even though you know the big one is coming, it, uh doesn't satisfy. Exactly. <laughs> Boom. Because he can't admit he hasn't seen it because it's his job. And she was about to admit she hadn't seen it, but then he kind of guilted her. Yeah. It, it she was didn't very... want to, like... They kind of... I had to suspend my disbelief yeah, a little bit. Yeah, it wasn't top of your intelligence. Yeah, definitely. that it would only take two lines to guilt her into lying. Yeah. But it But worked. she doesn't want to, like, disappoint him. And so she's like... And also, as far as she knows, it's just like, he doesn't doesn't matter. Like, it's like, whatever. Yeah, yeah he I already wrote the review. He, he doesn't matter. Yeah. He doesn't need... Like, no one needs to know what I think. I'm just entertaining <clears> him. And also to have, like, Mary on the show is... Her character is so similar to Mary Richards, which I think was a critique of this show. Is like, it just feels like it's the same character in a new city and there's yeah there's not because she has the exact same amount of she has a backbone when she's pushed far enough but the rest of the time she's kind of timid or like kind of like i don't want to like make waves and i'm very like giving Mm. Um, and this was kind of the first glimpse of that part of the character and so she because she um doesn't want to say she doesn't want to say anything negative about the play she's like i don't like and also like she also doesn't think that her opinion is like, hey, no one needs to know. Like, it's fine. And then they finally I don't it think out. she really thought that. Mm. I think she kept saying that as excuses to not talk about yeah, it. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, to just get out of it and shove it off. Because she does seem like pretty smart, pretty sharp, pretty confident. Yeah. I don't, if, I'm not that familiar with Mary Richards, but I think they gave her like this divorce. They gave her like this rich history. She was the head, like the editor in chief of this magazine. So she has more authority and more That's, status. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's more like, she doesn't mean it that her opinion doesn't matter. It's just like, if I say this, this old man will be. You leave me alone. <laughs> Which is, you know, that happens. Yeah, people, that's true. <laughs> people use that tactic. Uh, so I, I love that. And then we find out, and then like, he writes the review. So how many days pass? Is there The a next day? day. That's an, is there a scene change, though? Do they change clothes? Yeah. They, uh, yeah, because he but would, something, they else, wouldn't, he something would, else happens. Because the, the, the review gets published. The flying leap. But, oh, because he had said he saw it the day before. But how did it get published the next day? Yeah. Didn't see the play walking. See, I wish I had noticed if they had changed clothes. Because he gets, he gets the information from Mary at 9 a.m. He writes the review. If it gets published, that paper's going out. Is that an evening paper? Basically, like, because the the, ne- the the thing escalates because Frank, the boss, has the paper, and he saw the play l- last night. So, yeah, the paper does get... 
Oh, maybe he just turned it in for review. Maybe it didn't maybe get published. Maybe it didn't get published. Maybe that was it. Because, yeah, so it's later that day. Yeah, and he he's turns like... turns in the review. And Frank is like, none of this happened in this play. Because like, they talk about it as a tragic cause. Yeah, it's called Holocaust. the Fallout Shelter. Yeah, it's, it's called the Fallout Shelter. So they, <laughs> they think, think it's, it's like about a nuclear, nuclear Holocaust. Nuclear drama. Holocaust. <laughs> and Frank comes in and he's like... This was a comedy. This was a comedy. People were he's rolling like, in the aisle. Oh, and he was like, this was a comedy. Well, that's one thing. Well, that's one man's opinion. Oh, that's 300 people's opinion. They were rolling in the aisles, Ed. Didn't you notice? And so that review, like, that uncovers everything. And it's a, it's really smart because uh, Ed is like, well, Mary said all that. Like, Mary thought the same thing. And Frank is like, no, Mary gave me her ticket. She didn't go. And then, like... Ed gets mad at Mary. Mary's mad at Ed. Frank is mad at Ed. Like, everyone, Both is, of them. everyone is so... It's a nice little, like, layered yeah. uh, fuck up. It's pretty great. I think my favorite moment comes now of the whole episode. And it was such a subtle little moment that could have been easily edited out. But Frank goes to his office, says, I want to see you in my office, and walks away with the hot dog. Yeah. And they just do this little walk and talk. Just ad-libbing under their breaths. You don't hear really anything specific that they're saying. And they're both just two little kids who got in trouble. They're like... Into my office. We're talking. (laughs) Why, dude? (laughs) And it's like this 30-second walk to the office. Even from a weird angle. Like, why was the camera there and they were walking diagonally to this office? It was very cool. I bet this was so much fun to work on. Well, probably not because it wasn't getting good ratings. That's probably a, a stressful environment. Yeah. <laughs> but otherwise, but the, the pilot was probably a lot of fun when it's still like, we're working on a show with Mary Tyler Moore and John Aston from like two of the Cheers writers. Wow. Ken Isaacs and David Levine were um, like big Cheers writers in the first couple seasons. So they like made this show for her. It's definitely one of those where <clears throat> there's no way it can fail. Yeah. It's too then, big to ugh. fail. So then we get the end of the episode where we where Ed like reveals all the thing about like well I've been sleeping with this actor's wife etc etc. Uh, well, it's funny because zero. Mary's like I'm sure he has a great excuse. <laughs> I'm sure he's like family is sick. He's got a purse, and then he's like I'm sleeping with an actor's wife. <laughs> <laughs> and for a second I was like, why did he just say actors? Why didn't he just say I'm sleeping with yeah. someone? But it became very relevant. Because that that's the, an only, reason. <laughs> it's the so... only reason. It's the only reason that the hours. Coincide with his work hours. I loved, I loved his justification of like, I'm not. I'm not proud of what I've done, despite the fact that I find myself smiling most of the time. That was very. Sweet. Or smiling most of the time, and I was like, oh, this little asshole's in love, which is why Mary like comes with like defend him. Was like, he's in love, so don't fire him. And then he has one of his good, his running thing was, like, on a scale of 1 to 10, with 10 being, yeah. you know, I would recommend it to my family and buy them tickets, <laughs> 9 being I wonder like, if he does it in every episode. Perfect. I wonder if that oh, is. Oh, that his. would be cool if it... What, in the, what a uh, very specific, like, uh, catchphrase t-shirt I could make of just like that. <laughs> of, like, on a scale of 1 to 10, <laughs> 1 being... Really funny. God, no, like, yeah. I should just, I should make must-have seen TV merchandise that is just the most specific doesn't no one would ever get it except for other listeners and listeners of this podcast do and it's a good way to viral market um so yeah then we already talked about like the very end of the episode like he doesn't get fired and then uh oh, he also gives her a nine on the Eggleshile scale of one to ten ten being heaven nine being someone you'll always remember <laughs> eight being interesting but not quite as stimulating as hey. <laughs> A nine and a half. 
I had to take off the half because she's married. <laughs> oh, I hope they I hope everything works out with them. Uh, yeah, the end, the end, the end of the episode is Mary's like they're they're back and forth about lying. Um, yeah, Ed's yeah. gone. It's Frank and Mary. Yeah, and then that's you know will they won't they? Yeah, won't they? Here's the thing. Yeah. Because the only other show I've watched with you for this podcast is Rhoda, it's hard not to make a comparison. Like, woman moves to a new city, immediately yeah. meets this rough and tough man's man, yeah. Joe. Oh, boy. And here, it's a woman starts a new job, immediately meets this rough and tough, slime ball man's man. Yeah. Womanizer. And they are both matches for each other. And in Rhoda... They immediately, in the first episode, like, hit it off. we're doing and, this. And they and I'm they moving to a city to for you. And it's interesting <clears throat> that here there is that work dynamic that plays into it. I think it's more important to play them, will they, won't they? I don't know. They're, they're being too subtle about it if it's meant to be there. Yeah, they're not... Um, because, like, Sam and Diane is also, like, there immediately. Ross Rachel is there immediately. Yeah. This is It's weirder. almost like it's not will they won't they it's are they aren't they will they won't they okay. <laughs> we're, we're like a level Yeah, above. which is what audiences really respond to. <laughs> just keep distancing yourself from the actual good are plot. Are they aren't they will they won't <laughs> they Oh my gosh. Uh are you ready for some must have facts? I'm so about this. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The ratings for this episode uh, were obviously not good enough. And I don't know what they were because... They were probably a two. They were probably like, yeah, not good. Uh, so uh, the ranking for the season, again, don't know. But the five, the top five shows this season, this season of TV were... Number five was Cheers. Whoa. Number four was 60 Minutes... Three was Murder, She Wrote, two Family Ties, and one The Cosby Show. 
Wow. 60 so, minutes is usually higher. Yeah, six, yeah, oh yeah, 60 minutes having a rough year that year. Only in clean <laughs> number four. <laughs> but yeah, I'm mean, like, Cheers, Family Ties, and Cosby Show. That is the... That is the... Trifecta. That's the peril. That's the confederates, the confidants, the comrades. Those are the other shows that's airing alongside. <laughs> My brain just started them. Cohabitators. There's a, there's a weird thing about the 80s, though, where the 80s are so... Contemporaries. Oh, golly. What is my problem? Okay, the um, 80s. The 80s are so family sitcom heavy. Yeah. They are so... Even, like, Alf is about a family with an alien. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, like, Cheers and Night Court... Were the anomalies. Are the only... I'm trying to think, like, a workplace sitcoms from the 80s. It seems like Mary... Like, if they wanted to relaunch Mary... Maybe they actually should have given her a husband and kids for the 80s because that's what Family Ties and Cosby show, you know? Like, yeah. His, I mean, I, I naturally am not interested in those kind of shows usually. Um, I like them sometimes. Uh, so I, I like this premise, even though it is very much just the Mary Tyler Moore show, but it's a newspaper and not a news station. Um, yeah. It's weird. It's weird because it does feel like they're chasing the glory instead of... Like, feeling out what, what was is, in the air. What is happening right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, or they were like, well, there's a lot of that. Maybe it's a good time to, to do this. go in this other direction. Yeah. And oh, instead, yeah. no. we got, you know, Full House, Family Matters, Yeah, all those are coming, and it's like, oh, boy. Step by step. Oh, boy. Um, on IMDb, no one has ever rated this episode. At you all, could, you could be so the one. we got like could we could you. do this. A scale what would of one you to give it on a scale of one to ten? And there's like you know no nothing to compare to. Um, I would probably go in hard with uh eight. Oh, an eight. I think I would give it an eight, just as a standalone, no other context yeah. of what's going on at this time. It shows it was a tightly written episode <laughs> with an interesting structure that made me interested in seeing more. Yeah. And the I, jokes were so funny. Yeah. Well, I, I would, yeah, I would go, I would say like 7.5. You took the half off because yeah, it was Mary? because it was a Mary show. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was Mary show. No. Oh, because um, it was Mary. I mean, what would we, so like, let's, um, okay, so here's the, the other trivia. Uh, the Wednesday night lineup that it aired alongside, this also might be part of the problem, was it was, it led in the night, so it did not have a lead-in. They were banking on, like, Mary Ooh, to bring in the audience, nice. which, I mean, like, I can see why CBS would think that, because it is a Mary Tyler Moore show. That makes sense. Still. Um, it debuted, yes. it, first of all, like, it debuted in December, That's so it wasn't true. even, it wasn't part of the fall lineup initially. It's first. It's in December. Uh, it was, and then it was followed by another new show called Foley Square, another sitcom that also only lasted 14 episodes. And then it was followed by, um, Crazy Like a Fox and The Equalizer, two hour-long dramas. I've one never wa- heard of any of them. One was shows. about, they were about, they were like hop dramas, like one was like a private eye drama, and the other, I can't remember the other one, but like, yeah. So they, first of all, like, weird lineup, uh, starting late, and also having no lead-in. I can understand why CBS would think that they could have banked on Mary Tyler Moore to lead it, but, like, if they wanted to really nurture it, they should have started it off, you know. They should have... Not on a Wednesday, not in December, and not not at the top of the night. Yeah. Like, it was almost... 
It was almost like the network begrudgingly took on this show. Yeah. You can also see from the top five CBS sitcoms in the mid-80s, because Cheers is NBC, 60 Minutes is CBS. I think Murder, She Wrote was CBS. But, like, Family Ties was ABC, I think. This is your world. Yeah, and Cosby Show is NBC. I don't... I can't think of mid-80s CBS sitcoms. So, like, there might not have been much to pair it with at that time. Uh, Newhart. Newhart was on at that time. They should have paired it with Newhart. That would have been smart. Ugh. So, um, yeah, it only lasted 13 episodes, and the last three episodes were retooled to be more work-focused, like I said. What would we have done... So, like, let's, let's you know, uh, 2018 quarterback... There we go. <laughs> ...this 1985-86 uh, 13-episode show. What would we have done to uh, fix it and save it? Is the structure sound and the cast sound as is? I, again, loved the structure. Loved the cast. I think if it's 2018, I don't know if this would fix it, but I'll tell you what I would want to see. Okay. I'd want to see her have a daughter uh, or ooh. a son. Like, a, I want to see her be a single parent. If they're going to go, if they want to have a home life and a work-life balance, mm-hmm. don't give her two neighbors who are flighty and, like, in, like they just suddenly got engaged. Is we not, don't care about That's it. not a good enough plot to last for a series. But give that story to a daughter and now we care. Yes. Oh, yes. Give that's her a great. 25-year-old daughter or, you know, 19, like, some age where that's give her like an 18, a crazy decision. Give an 18-year-old daughter at if that age. If the daughter comes Definitely. in at the top of the episode, here's my ring, here's my fiance. Yeah. Like, well, she would probably know the fiance. Then it's not like nothing. Yeah. And then if Frank still has that same conversation with her daughter's fiance, it's hitting so much harder than just like, here are two yeah. old people we don't care about. And then if this, if that guy says like, well, I have a kid, it's a whole new level. And then like, if I grew up, that I grew up in the circus. And at this time, uh, make that daughter played by Lisa Kudrow. Oh, there you go. 1985. <laughs> oh, I'd also, oh man. Who's on then? Winona Ryder? She too young? Yeah. She might be a little... She's a little ripe. Although Lisa Kudrow might be a little bit too too young for that, too. I'm trying to think of who was, like, 20 in 1985. That's a conversation for another time. We could spend (laughs) 10 minutes just casting the daughter. Um, Yeah, but I think that, again, like, work dynamic is good. I, I, you know, got strong characters. I think it needs to be more of an ensemble. The fact that Joe is such a strong character... And they didn't use her for They don't even use her. Uh, I think that they need to find a more... They need to make it a Joe, Ed, Mary at work, like, trifecta. I mean, Joe sits across from Mary. Like, yeah. they should have had a lot more banter back and And maybe forth. she does. We've only yeah, seen Yeah, maybe it's other episode episodes. And you've seen the pilot. Uh, also, I think just be clear. Like, decide will there, won't they? Yeah, is that and a if thing? And it, if it's going to be more of a mentorship, which I don't think she needs a mentor. She doesn't need that shit. She's truly his equal. yeah. In this situation, which is why she can get away with slime and all that, then maybe just make it a will they, won't they, but make it more fun. Yeah. There there could be a lot of, uh, like, Dave and Lisa on news radio, sort of. Because, like, in that pilot episode, they sleep together immediately, and then after that, they have to, like, deal with, like, are we dating at work? This is a secret thing. Like, that could be interesting. They're a little too 
on the same note. Like, if you're, you think about Cheers, mm-hmm. it's a fun will they, won't they, because they should. Like, it's a will they, won't they, but we all know they shouldn't. Yeah, because they're opposites, totally. Yeah, and here... I get, I don't get, like... And I don't love her moralizing all the time. Like, yeah. have a different... I don't know. He it's needs weird. to... I need to know more about his point of view. Because I feel like in the pilot, they hit a lot more of the point of view of... Because um, they really just chase headlines. They put her on the help center line or something where she's supposed to, like, write up stories about, like, salacious shit that people call in. Uh, and she doesn't like that. And this episode is, like, none of his... Like, he ends up, like, moralizing about ethics. Like, Ed LaSalle, you shouldn't have done this because that's, like, bad ethics as a critic, you know? Yeah. And it's like, well, I don't know, like... You know, okay. is he or is he not? Because he's very um, ethically dubious when it comes to ladies. But mm-hmm. at the newspaper, he's very, like... This episode is very forthright. So it's like call that out. But then what ends up the... on the side of, and I can't reprimand you for this because I don't know that it happened, happened and it yeah. won't happen again. Yeah, there's, yeah. This is a fun game. My brain really likes thinking about how to make it different to make it successful. The, the crazy thing is, is like, it is so... I could also see that if you're in 1985 and you love Mary Taylor Moore show, it's probably in reruns everywhere, maybe. Um, it was one of the most important shows of all time and you turn, you turn in, tune in and watch this I can see it still being so fresh in your mind. You'd be like, this is just a copy of the show I've already watched. I've already watched this yeah. show. That's why it feels like the stakes have to heighten in it. Like, give it a daughter. It's, yeah. The ex-husband needs to be around. Yeah. So that if she starts leaning towards Frank, there's this guy, guy comes in and messes that Oh, there's, that. that feels kind of like Because there's two, like, manly men being like, this, it's kinda like this is where I'm at. Like, that happens in Veep a little bit, because, uh, like, her daughter is in the White House, but then her ex-husband is, like, a recurring person, and there's always a will-they-won't-they with, like, will-they-won't-they again with her ex. That's interesting. Yeah, like, that would have helped differentiate it. Also, the fact that she doesn't seem to have a friend. Well, that neighbor, she just asked her to be her maid of honor. Yeah, and, like, the cool thing about Mary Taylor Moore show is that she had a Rhoda, like, you know, and then when yeah. it worked, she had, like, a Murray. If... She does not... She seems to have everyone at arm's length. Mm-hmm. And Joe and... <clears throat> even if her and Joe are work friends, they don't feel... They, whatever Rhoda and Mary were is not what Joe and Mary could mm, even become. No. And especially, it seems like everyone at work might be a little bit prickly. Or like, Ed is, a, Ed is crazy. And my brain just sparked because this is... What was that show called? Suddenly Susan? Suddenly Susan, yeah. This is that. Yeah. There's, like, the slimy boss. Oh, yeah. Who was Judd Nelson. Yeah. Brooke Shields was basically Mary. Yep. What's her name? Was that, like, quirky? Oh, Kathy Griffin was this, like, she was like redhead, redhead, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then who was the other guy? Well, then there was, like, Nestor Carbonell was the photographer who was, like, the Latin uh, guy. Was he bald? Or, no, no I'm, that's I just, just shoot me. That's just shoot yeah. me, yeah. But still, yeah, there's a lot of that same DNA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, this sh- it's it's a shame. I wish it had worked. But if it had worked, you know, Katie Seagal would not... I mean, Peg Bundy is one of the most iconic. Like, that's an iconic yeah. of it's that also, era. It's so interesting seeing Katie Seagal in her own skin. Yeah, which I don't know that I ever have. Not basically in drag. Yeah. Peg Bundy is a drag character. Yeah. That's she's what that just is. in drag yeah. all the time on that Because of this, she, like, the one time we see her, again, it was also, like, a VHS transfer on YouTube, so kind of poor quality, but she, like, she was, she was like, her hair was in her face, 
She's just a little like a wearing like a butt like you just like very like, like casual. yeah cash. Hmm. Uh, she's probably. I wonder if she's padded up on Married with Children. Oh, definitely right. Also, she also seems like she's like eight feet tall on Married with Children. Yeah, too, and here which she's she didn't. Yeah, normal height. <sighs> yeah, yeah. I was thinking that too. She has a like a Barbie figurine. Yeah, she does silhouette. Yeah, who would you say are the must see performance oh, in this the episode? Performance. I know I should say Ed. No, because of you. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like pressuring. I can feel it in the air. Well, I the you know the thirty seconds we got of Joe played by Katie Seagal were my favorite, but Mary Tyler Moore killed yeah. it with those line deliveries. Yeah. She really cru- like I laughed out loud a lot watching this, and I rarely do that. Yeah. She's a Even natural. if my laugh is just, ha! <laughs> I see what you were going for there. Uh, obviously, I'm repping for Ed LaSalle. Repping for my it. John S. I can't help it. <laughs> He's so good in this. And it's such a different character from Gomez. It's such mm-hmm. a different character. He's so good at playing very different characters and... I just think he's adorable, and I love him. Mary um, Brenner. And I also like that he says Mary Brenner so much, and it doesn't feel condescending. Which normally, no. if you say somebody's first and last name, it feels like you're trying to... It feels, it feels very zippy. Kind of it feels like... Mary Brenner. I just need to know. He has a persona that he is affecting. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, must other people see this episode? I'm going to say, yeah. I'm going to say, it is on YouTube, and honestly, if you've listened to... 55 minutes of us talking about this and you haven't watched it? You've basically seen it. Yeah, you have seen it. Um, and also, like, thank you. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, thank you. Um, but yeah, I think it's definitely fun. Uh, and you know what? You can't go wrong with a good free YouTube thing. Amen. Um, so now we're going to do a quick segment that I call from the big, from the great TV sitcom book. Wow. Where this is a book published in 1983. Uh, for reference, Cheers is a new show, as far as this book is concerned, that they don't know if it's going to have a future. That's wonderful. Uh, this catalogs basically every single sitcom from 1949 to 1983, and I will flip through it, and then we will discuss one of the ones that we land on on the page. <laughs> Just let me know when you want me to stop flipping. Stop. We're in the 1960 to 1961 TV season. Do you want to hear about Guestward Ho, <laughs> Harrigan and Son, The Jim Backus Show Hot Off the Wire, My Sister Eileen, or Pete and Gladys? I gotta hear about Guestward Ho. So Guestward Ho uh, looks super racist. Just uh, going oh, off, no. just going off of the picture. Um, uh-oh. Advertising executive Bill Hooten, played by Mark Miller, is fed up with life in New York and decides to purchase, sight unseen, Guestward Ho, a dude ranch in New Mexico. And so he moves there with his wife Babs, Joanne Drew, and their son Brooke, Flip Mark. When they arrive, they find their dude ranch is a dud ranch, run down. The episodes revolve around their adjustments to their new life and how they are trying to round up some paying customers for the ranch. J. Carroll Nash played Chief Hawkeye, the owner of the local training post, an Indian trying to win back the American continent for his people, but who, in the meantime, reads the Wall Street Journal and sells authentic Indian trinkets made in Japan. <laughs> the show ran for one year on ABC. <laughs> yeah! Yowza! Yeah, and the picture is of uh, Chief Hawkeye um, at, in it's, his shop. It's definitely... What is this called? Red face? Yeah, that's not a... Uh, yeah, that's not a... That's probably not. Um, so it's bad. That's not a 
person uh, who is so of what that do we think ethnicity. about guessword ho <laughs> uh, i'm afraid of it i'm afraid I mean, of the it. premise the premise of new york executive buys this a dude right? is hey dude Oh. Did you ever watch Hey Dude on, on Nickelodeon? Nickelodeon? I didn't. Yeah. I, it would come on and just the name I didn't like. Oh, wow. I didn't really like Western hey, things. dude. I didn't like Western things. So As a I child, it. Uh, it was on Nickelodeon, so therefore it was my duty to watch it. <laughs> so, I was more of a um, salute your shorts. Okay, kind yeah, of yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that, I mean, this is basically, it, was, it is Green Acres meets uh, Hey Dude. Um, and I, that's a... What I'm learning know. is basically you should open this book to any page and write a modern version of whatever the premise is and it will probably do fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's a that's a weird show. So Guestword Ho. Guestword Ho. Also bad name. Bad name. Really guestword. Get it was guest W A R D. It's like four it was word, like word. Guest word, like four word, but guest word. What is the pun there? Maybe it's like a hotel, like Westward Ho. Oh, and it's a hotel, so it's like Guestward Ho. Oh my, that is so bad. <laughs> that is <laughs> That's that is horrible. You have to, you have of. to take a flying leap to get to that pun. <laughs> Off a building. Oh lord. Uh, so, where can people find you on the internet if they want to talk about other sitcoms that only lasted a season? Um, they can always hit me oh, up. I on... do want to point out, Guess What Ho lasted longer than Mary, most likely. Upsetting. <laughs> anyway, I kind of want to. Uh, no, I don't. I just don't want to know. What you want to watch about it? Nope. Uh, I'm looking at uh, Guess What Ho. Thirty-eight episodes. One season, thirty-eight episodes. So that is so much longer than Mary. Three times longer. If I could, if I could turn back time. <laughs> um, on the internet, I'm on Twitter at E-L-L-L-E-N-A, Elena. And uh, same on Instagram. I'm a little bit off the grid these days. But start there and see where it takes you. <laughs> Track it down. <laughs> and go on IMDb and rate this episode. You know I'm gonna. For sure. And that does it for this week's episode of Must Have Seen TV. Thanks again to my guest Elena Chmielewski for dropping by and talking about Mary with me this week. Next week on the show I'll be discussing a show that ran for, I don't know, 30 times longer than Mary. The Simpsons! We'll be talking about The Simpsons episode You Only Move Twice. You Only Move Twice is in Season 8. It is Episode 2 of Season 8. And you can buy that Simpsons episode on iTunes or Amazon or probably replay it in your head because you've probably seen it a million times. Until then, I want to hear from you. Tweet your questions about sitcoms to at MustHaveSeenTV or send them to MustHaveSeenTV at gmail.com. You can follow the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Tumblr at MustHaveSeenTV. If you like what you've heard or you want to suggest a show for me to watch, please leave that information on iTunes in the review section. Rate and review the show on iTunes. And if you want me to watch an episode, just tell me the title of the show. It just has to be from the 20th century and also like not an episode that I've done already. And also an episode that I can actually buy or stream somewhere. Also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Brett White. Read the words that I write at Decider.com. The theme song is Patricia's Moving Picture by The Go Team. Thanks to ACAST for hosting the podcast, and thanks to all of y'all for listening. And I'll see you next week on Must Have Seen TV. 
A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.